This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Europe, the end of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum, a Makan Shah, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nach Vetoch, Ara, Igornamion, on Kestin Echol. Vientalam Aginom Griv, Orkar Nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. As the plane comes in on the right hand side of the window, you can see flames. And then when we finally managed to get on the bus to, to get out of the airport, there was a suggestion that the flames were just around the corner. And that was the real kind of moment when the kids started crying and when there was, you know, real panic on the bus that we were on. Today on the Indo Daily, holidays from hell as Europe burns. And then my little girl's crying her eyes out. There's other kids on the, on the bus crying her eyes out. They think the fire's going to come and get them. You can assure them that it's not, but you don't really know a dream family holiday for journalist Kevin Palmer turned to a nightmare after he and his family landed on the Greek island of Rhodes amid blazing wildfires. Some 19,000 people have been evacuated from the Greek island as wildfires rage on three fronts. Tourists and locals have been forced to escape, escorted from beaches in the south and taken north. It's an increasingly familiar story across parts of Europe with fires and record temperatures affecting parts of Italy, Portugal, Croatia, the list goes on. The Italian island of Sicily has been battling fires too. Local media are warning that the city of Palermo is encircled by flames. Wildfires are spreading close to the Croatian city of Dubrovnik. Strong winds are preventing the deployment of aircraft that would be used to douse the flames. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today on the Indo Daily, I speak to Sunday World journalist Kevin Palmer about his frightening experience and the questions he has for the travel agency who flew him into a danger zone. And I'll be speaking to Sinead Ryan about what your rights are when holidays go wrong. Kevin Palmer, your family trip to Rhodes was one that you've spent quite a bit of money on. The kids were all excited. You got to the airport and it's only at that stage that you learned that actually you were flying into what in some ways could be described as a disaster zone. Tell me about what happened. I was aware of the wildfires before I went and I knew there was there was issues here, but I've been coming to Rhodes since I was four years old with my parents and there's always been wildfires here. It's not a new phenomenon. It just so happens that this one turns into the, the worst one they've ever had. And honestly, when we were on the way to the airport at 12 o'clock, there was no real you know, evidence that anything had changed. And you know, no one at TUI had told us anything when we checked our bags in. 
was actually only when we sat on the plane that the pilot turned around and made the announcement, sorry for the delay, we had to make sure we could get you on and off the island of Rhodes safely. And that, that that's not an announcement I've heard on the, the hundreds of aeroplanes I've been on down the years. So that you obviously instantly look at your phone then, and then you, you see that it's the top story on, on, on every news network pretty much in the world, all of a sudden that this, there's, there's passengers and tourists running down the road with their suitcases from the fire. And you assume that your tour operator knows what they're doing and that they've got a plan. But unfortunately, we get to the airport and the other side in roads and there was no plan, complete chaos from, from the minute we got off the plane. And that's that's when the sort of the nightmare started, so to speak. So you were pretty much oblivious to just how serious the situation had got until you were actually on the plane. And at that point, was there any option to turn back when the pilot says, we just want to check if it's safe to land or not? Could you have gotten off the plane at that point? Look, I suppose I could have pressed the button and said I want to get off. But I mean, you know, no no one did that. The plane was actually moving when that announcement, you know, was made. But I just think Tui knew they had no accommodation for us at this end in Rhodes at that stage. They could have told us when we were checking our bags and there was a representative from, from their, their team there. They could have said, look, the situation has changed in Rhodes do you still want to go on this trip? We can give you an alternative holiday in a, in a month's time or a refund or whatever they were going to do. And at that point, I would definitely not have got on the plane. There's no way would I have looked at the, the images I was looking on Twitter and on, on news sites and tried to try to put my family in, in danger in that way. And we just wouldn't have gone. It's simple as that. But we, we weren't given that option. We had that one message from the pilot as, as the plane was moving. And, and at that point, I think it was too late to get off potentially. So so then, then we're into roads and then, and the real real chaos begins. So what happens when you arrive in Rhodes? You touch down, the airport is open. Um, what scene meets you? Some people you can see are talking about the situation and others don't know anything about it whatsoever. So we, we started talking to a few people about it and we, we go outside and I ask, is our hotel still open? I'm told straight away that it's not open. And, uh, and I said, so where do we go? Or what do we do? And you could see that the, the 2E rep had no idea where to go or what to do. So we, we end up on bus number 280, which, which the group of us here who have all ended up in the same place, we're, we're sort of saying we're, the bus 280 is our WhatsApp group now, bizarrely. We've all ended up making friends on the back of it. We, we were driven around to told we had to get out of the airport very quickly because the fire was only 10 kilometers away we had to be evacuated to the nearby football stadium which is where we ended up um but a few of the lads on the bus said we're not getting off of this football stadium they'd seen the scenes inside of beds mattresses lying around kids everywhere and people pe- you know just a scene of sort of a refugee camp basically was what it became and and we didn't want to be any part of that so we refused to get off the bus and the bus driver ended up dropping us at the hotel we're still at now we slept on a conference room floor for the first night all we had was a few bottles of water that the, that the manager at the hotel very kindly gave us when we turned up they didn't even know we were meant to be here they just looked bemused as we tried to find a room which was what we thought we were going to do here but there were no rooms available so he, he let us stay here on the floor of the conference room we had no so they turned the aircon on for us after a while which, which was good of them as well so they They've been really good and just basically looked after us. But Tui, we didn't see see or hear of them for, for two or three days until eventually we sort of badgered the the, the reception here and they've, they've let us have a room and it's 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 okay here now. We're fine. You know, we, we, we're we lucky compared to the people who are in rescue centres, evacuation centres and, and, and in this football stadium, which was apparently horrendous. Um, we've done, we've come out of it lucky. Tensions must have been very high on that bus, Kevin, then. I know you're there with your, your 10-year-old daughter, if you're being told that's your football stadium, that's your 
four or five star hotel has now become a, a mattress in a football stadium and the bus driver doesn't know what to do. I mean, what what were the what were the scenes? When they said we were being evacuated to a football stadium, you just the whole in my head constantly is why on earth are we here? Why have Tui flown us into this? And why, you know, they've added to the problem by by putting another six or seven planes in on Saturday when clearly there was nowhere to put these people. So they, they just they've added to the crisis of the where are people going to go on this island? And it just it was just a, a horrendous decision. So there is a degree of anger there that you're, you've been put into this firing line when, when you shouldn't have been. Um, and then my little girls crying her eyes out. There's other kids on the on the bus crying her eyes out. They think the fire is going to come and get them. And, you know, you, you can assure them that it's not. But you don't really know. You're, you're kind of hoping that, that the situation is, is in a different part of the island. And it's nothing, you know, you're not going to get caught up in it. But when you hear you're being evacuated to a stadium quickly because the, the fire's around the corner, it doesn't really. Uh, there is a degree of panic comes into the into the into the game. Then you know, three hours before you're thinking about sitting on a beach and having having a holiday, and now suddenly you're in the middle of the number one news story in in Europe and possibly the world this week. So it's uh, yeah, there's a lot of anger on the bus. There was a lot of the women w- women and the mums were very worried, and and yeah, it was, it was a pretty horrible scene. And look, I was looking at planes to try and get back, obviously, and there were two and three grand to fly back. I was looking to fly into Dublin, looking to fly into Amsterdam. But um, look, it, it shouldn't have happened. It has happened. It is, it's not good enough from the tour operator that, that they put people into that situation. And what is the atmosphere like there, Kevin? What kind of temperatures are you experiencing at the moment? I mean, I, look, I mean, I've been coming here so often, Kevin, and I know the reports are saying it's an enormous heat wave and that's the main cause of this wildfires but this feels like what roads has always felt like to me when i've come on holiday it doesn't feel any hotter i've been here when, when they have had heat waves before in, in lindos which is one of the areas affected and it is searingly hot whereas this here is is fine and and the, the atmosphere at this hotel is very surreal in a way because we you, you look at your your phone and you look at the independent ie or whatever it might be and and it's it, it's full of horror stories of what's going on in roads and here there's, there's kids uh playing on lilos and there's there's you know all-inclusive food and drink being sold there's there's uh there's bands playing at night it's just a regular holiday scene so it, it's very odd that we're in roads <laughs> when everything's kicking off and it, it feels like a normal holiday so i mean you know we've obviously got lucky we saw some people being dropped at the reception yesterday in this hotel one guy had no shirt on another lady in a bikini it looked like they've been in that clothes for two or three days and hadn't had a shower they're the ones i feel really really sorry for and they've had a, a horrifying experience that, that will take a long time to get over so we're we're lucky that we're here it's one of the great dividers isn't it that when there is a natural disaster like this but for the rest of the world it keeps the world keeps turning and i happen to be in roads myself back in may that's where i went with my family holiday this year and it was lovely and the people were fantastic and as you're describing there kevin the pools and the all inclusive food and drink and it, <laughs> it is a, a fantastic holiday but the people that live there, what has this done for them? Because they are so reliant on tourism. And it's worth pointing out that at any one time, there's at least 700 people from Ireland on holidays in Rhodes over the summer season. So it is a big destination for people from this part of the world. Yeah. I mean, I feel terrible for the people. Obviously, as I say, I've been coming here since I was four years old. We went onto the, to Lindos before they even had umbrellas on the beach in Lindos and my dad who's a, a folk singer from, from back in the day and a load of Irish musicians rocked up in Lindos and with all their uh, instruments and were having sessions every night playing music until two in the morning and the local police weren't too happy with, with the noise they were making so I've got a lot of history on this island I used to come with my, my late mum all the time and so it's it's a special place for me and I just hope people don't get put off I mean it's obvious people will be put off but a wildfire is not 
you know, it's not the fault of locals. If, if I was, if I had a holiday to Rhodes in the next two weeks, I, I probably wouldn't come to it, particularly in the south of the island. Even if the tour companies say it's safe to go and they can travel, you know, what we experienced on Saturday would suggest that the tour companies are not the most reliable source of information here. So you need to do your research, make sure it's safe to come. And I just hope it doesn't have long-term impact. And what about your own situation now, Kevin? How many more days have you got there? Have you a, a clear path to come home when your holiday ends? No evidence at the moment that our return date of Saturday is going to change. I mean, it did look like we were going to get shipped out of here on Tuesday, which was yesterday um, at one point, but they've uh, prioritised the people who who kind of had the, the most suffering, so to speak. And the British embassy are down here. The British government are in here with yellow jackets on talking to all the tourists and trying to sort of assess what's happened. It looks at the moment we're going to come back on Saturday. So, um, and to be honest, we're happy with that. We feel, we feel safe here. The hotel's good. So let's just, let's just see what happens. And, and obviously it's not, it's not been a great holiday. I'm not going to pretend it's been, it's been ideal, but um, you know, we've, we've certainly done better than a lot of people. So we're very grateful to the hotel here for looking after us. Kevin Palmer, journalist for the Sunday World, thank you and stay safe. Since Kevin travelled to Rhodes, Tuhi has cancelled all flights from Ireland to the Greek island until Friday and all bookings of Tuhi holidays to the southeastern part of the island will be cancelled up to and including Sunday, July 30th. Tui said that their team in Rhodes have been working tirelessly to support customers affected by the wildfires. And they said the safety and well-being of those customers and their teams on the grounds remains the top priority. The company has been sending out empty flights in a bid to fly customers home who needed to get off the island. And in a statement too, he said the situation on the ground is constantly evolving and changing and is regularly assessed by them. Sinead Ryan, you know all about travel insurance. You know all about these type of disasters. We heard from Kevin Palmer there. He is in Rhodes now. He is now in a five-star hotel and to all intents and purposes enjoying himself. But the holiday is not what he booked and what he was promised. What kind of rights do people have in a scenario like that? Well, the rights vary considerably depending on whether you've gone on a package holiday with a tour operator or a bonded uh, travel agent versus the DIY option, which is you, you hop on an airline, you book your flight and then you book an Airbnb or booking.com or something like that. So, so it really is fundamentally different. So where you've booked through a tour operator or with a, with a licensed travel agent, their responsibility lies entirely with them. So if your hotel is closed, they have to find you a new one. Uh, if the flight is cancelled, they have to rebook you on another one. If you've booked a DIY holiday, every element of that negotiation has to be done by yourself. Now, that means that you won't necessarily get your money back. Uh, I mean, if your accommodation is open and the doors are are open to you and you, you say, look, I need to get home, I'm not happy with this. Well, then there's no onus on them to do anything about that. Uh, likewise, if a flight is in the sky and Ryanair have not cancelled their flights, they fly to roads, um, airlines do not presently. So if the airline is going, then you have no rights in terms of a refund under that directly from the airline. So it does depend on where you're at. And I would say to people, if you are on the ground with a tour operator, there will be a local person who is assisting in that. And it's really about making contact there. 
Separately, if you have travel insurance, it really depends on the terms and conditions. Now, most policies cover repatriation or curtailment of a holiday. So if it's due to a wildfire or a flood or a tornado or something like that, some natural event, uh, generally within the terms and conditions, they will uh, make it their business to get you home. Uh, But uh, it really does depend on the policy and it depends on the terms within it. Part of the problem here, Sinead, seems to be that the situation became so chaotic over the course of a couple of days and people landed into roads. Yes, they're in a hotel now, but it's been a very frightening experience for them, for children especially, who are told, you know, the fire is not is only up the road, if you like. And it's hard to enjoy that holiday, I think. But you're, you're saying if you get there and you get to a hotel and you are actually safe, that in that scenario, the, the tour provider has probably fulfilled their mandate. Yes, indeed, because look, if a hotel can't open and it's closed, say, by the authorities, well, then it's the tour operator's job to find you new accommodation. Now, the problem we're finding, of course, because it's peak season, middle of July, is that there isn't alternative accommodation and people then are being are being um, maybe bussed or shipped to other islands or other venues. Uh, and once the tour operator does that and gives you an equivalent or better holiday, they have fulfilled their duty. It's a situation, Sinead, we're probably going to see more of in the years to come. Listening to to your theories there of how these play out, would you recommend to people that they are better to go with a tour operator rather than doing what a lot of us do now, which is go on Skyscanner, find the cheapest flight, go on Booking.com, find the cheapest hotel and basically put the transfers and all that together ourselves in the hope of saving a few quid? Yeah. And you know what? You don't always save a few quid. I mean, a lot of travel agents are block booking beds at the beginning of the season. Uh, They're block booking seats on planes. So it's not necessarily that you're going to get a better deal. I, I haven't generally found that a DIY holiday, unless you're doing it really on the cheap, a quick Airbnb and a quick kind of, you know, out of season flight over. Uh, But the legislation has not caught up with uh, DIY holidays. And in fact, there is none at all. So it's entirely down to the terms and conditions of the airline or of the uh, accommodation itself, whether you'll get a refund, get moved, get repatriated. And we've all had that experience, I think, a lot of times on Airbnb, where suddenly you get a message a couple of days before the holiday to say it's no longer available and you're scrambling to find somewhere else. Now, on with a travel agent, that can't happen. If your hotel isn't available, their job is to find another one. In terms of the government response to all of this, and obviously the Irish government can't do a huge amount about wildfires in in Greece or Portugal or Italy, but what they say does matter a lot, doesn't it? I know at the moment the advice is against travelling to areas affected by the wildfire in Greece, but it's not very specific. So they're not saying don't go to roads, for example. Well, it really is very important how the Department of Foreign Affairs classifies different travel zones. And and the reason it's important is that if they issue a do not travel notice on it, uh, then that means insurance clauses are evoked. You know, you can't go, you've been told not to go and generally you can get your money back on an insurance policy uh, or you'll be repatriated because there'll be a response to that order. Now, the government has not done that. It hasn't done it for any part of Greece. So in fact, it's showing normal uh, advisory at the moment, uh, but with caution. And that that's kind of really the father Ted response, you know, 
know, careful now without banning anything. Uh, and, and in fairness, it generally reserves its do not travel notices for war torn regions, you know, like Afghanistan or, you know, Syria or places like that. Uh, they, they don't tend to do it for European destinations. And there is a feed in from the EU on that. So at the moment, it's it's careful now restrictions, which really is a bit wishy-washy because it, it warns you not to travel, but then it doesn't warn you, it, to, it doesn't ban you from doing so. And as a result, then your insurance company is saying, well, we're not going to pay out until it bans. And in terms of future years, Sinead, what's playing out now is likely to play out again and again. At least that's what the climatologists tell us. Uh, that's what the governments tell us. Is it going to fundamentally change the way we look at holidays as consumers and the way perhaps insurers look at offering up travel insurance? For example, is travel insurance going to become more expensive? I think consumers will be picking their location um, uh, with a little bit more care. Now, bear in mind, we are we live on a wet, damp, small island and there are lots and lots of people who are still travelling. They want to travel. They don't care it's 40 degrees. They know it'll be stiflingly hot, but it's better than what's here. And you're always going to get those cohort of people. Uh, Then there's other ones, maybe families with small children and babies or elderly people. And they're going to say, do you know what? I'm going to stick to Western Portugal or the north of France or somewhere that's, you know, they have a chance of a better weather, but it's a little bit cooler. Uh, And that's what... um, you know, the travel bosses are telling me when it comes to to how bookings will go down the line. But we've short memories, Kevin. I mean, you know, you know, a week is a long time in politics. You know, when it comes to next year's holidays, we tend to be very optimistic. Lots of people book months and months in advance and we think it'll be different next year. So I'm not convinced people will change their habits immediately. When it comes to insurance, you will get insurers now tightening up their clauses. At the moment, a travel disruption cover, which is something, you know, that happens abroad that makes sure you have to come home. That's currently an optional extra you have to pay for on most policies. And I think the price of that will go up. It won't be included as standard. And insurance companies now will double down and uh, because they don't want all the payouts that that this uh, entails. So for the future, uh, Check your zone, make sure you're comfortable with where you're going and buy the very best insurance you can afford. It's not expensive to get the platinum policy that's available. And at least you know then that you're covered for most things. Well, Sinead Ryan, for everybody's sake and indeed the sake of the planet, let's hope that next year is different. Thanks very much. My thanks to Sunday World journalist Kevin Palmer for joining us from Rhodes and also to consumer writer Sinead Ryan. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today's podcast was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by Tabitha Monaghan and Aileen Fallon, with sound by Niall McMonagall. Archive clips were from RTE, BBC, Sky News, NBC and The Scotsman. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.